you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Going to the hurry up offense. Yes, hi and hello football fans. Welcome to Studio 66. Handsome Hank and I joined via Skype by one of my favorites. And as it turns out, I didn't realize one of Handsome Hank's favorites in the sports media. But he's much more than a, a sports writer. He's got his second novel out, The Hike. It's Drew McGarry. We'll give it some more about that in just a second. But hi and hello to you, McGarry. Let's jump right into some hot topics, shall we? This is the actual size of my head, by the way. <laughs> That's what, what an illusion. Was, was your watching. head – did you have an outsized head when but before you were a novelist? Is that – or, or <laughs> being published created the big head? I was born with the gigantic empty, empty chamber of a skull to accommodate the – gradually inflating ego right. i got you i got you all right let's start here then something that has probably diminished said ego is the reflected shame of being a minnesota vikings fans worst loss in your time as a vikings fan blair walsh's miss last year in the playoffs against the seahawks uh, the yes. gary anderson miss in the nfc title game back yes. in what was that uh 98 98, and, it was 98 season, or 99. The, right, and the Farv, uh, you know, interception at the end of regulation in the Superdome that cost you guys a trip to that Super Bowl. McGarry, how say you? Wow, you really just you really just went right for it. Um, <laughs> well, let's jump there in. Like, there was no there, – usually there's something soft <laughs> and, like, pleasant before you just take out the knives and just stab we me. We promoted your book. Chop, chop, fella. Uh, uh, it was 98 for me. Um because I was younger then. So I think the younger you go, the more painful and more memorable you know, the losses are. You know, you know, once you have kids and stuff like that, you're like, well, it's not so bad. I have kids and the kids aren't dead. <laughs> you know, so but it, it was it was 98 for me because I think I think that team really should have won everything that year. They were the best team in football. They were not the best coach team in football, but they should have been able to overcome it. And 
it just it just sucked. It just deflated me to watch that. I, I agree in the tragedy in football terms, not like you say losing uh, a loved one, but in football terms, the tragedy of Gary Anderson never missing a kick all year and then right. missing that one was terrible. Handsome, you're our resident Dolphins fan. Worst uh, Dolphins loss in your experience. Do you know what the tough thing is at the moment? The Dolphins don't really have bad losses because they uh, don't get in a position to – They're to, not good enough. They're not good bad. enough to have a bad loss, if that makes sense. So, you know, it would be something like – like it's more like a week seven one where you're like, oh, all my hope has drained out of my body now, and it's you know I'm looking forward to 2018. What or, about what about 62 to seven? What about yeah? I mean, Jets? all of those, all of the there 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 are a lot of those type of memories. There was when they lost to the Bills in the AFC Championship back in I think that was '93. But in the end, it but the, just it, it's more about the gradual pounding of your body into submission that I probably I've I've now come to accept in my lifetime. I will not see the team make you know win the win the Super Bowl, which is really why you why you become a fan in the first place. The easier the, the, the obvious answer is for a Steelers fan would be oh the I bet title game lost. Lost. oh was it, a, was it a Super Bowl <laughs> loss, Dave? <laughs> hey, listen, I've suffered. Are you I okay? Through it. Are you going to be all right? Hey, when they should have gone to the Super Bowl when they were the heavy favorites at home against the upstart Patriots, when right. people still uh, rooted for for uh, for that team a little bit. Oh, that would be nice if they yeah. would go wasn't, to a Super wasn't Bowl. The Chargers worse wasn't when they when they lost that stupid Chargers team that went and got pounded by the Niners. Wasn't that worse? Well. Yeah. I, I hear you on that, but I do remember I was at that game, in fact, in Three Rivers, and while the rest of the fans were going wild as Neil O'Donnell threw it to Eric Green over and over and right. over again as they tried to to uh, score the game winner, I remember feeling at this time, if we can't whip this team, we're going to get embarrassed by the Niners or Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I would just as soon skip it. I don't want I don't want the legacy. But see, of, that's the difference, because you can say, I'll, I'll skip this Super Bowl, but I, that that, one, for no. most people's teams, that's not, not that's that's like that's the high point. But you're like, oh, it'll be fine. We'll be back next year. You know, you are Damashek. It's like it's like the Yankees fans who are like, well, I grew up when Madeline was there and they didn't win anything. <laughs> you know? like, I, there are Steelers fans who are like, well, before Cower won, you know, two. It had been it had been six years since we lost That's won a gross. Super Bowl. Now you've made me feel dirty. Yeah, and I, I, yeah. I, you're, you're you're, sure. <laughs> maybe you're right. I, I I survived the Mark Malone and the Bubby Brister year, so uh, so take that. And even then, it wasn't that bad. Next question: One of the things that I know Handsome and I kibitz about uh, on occasion is one of my favorite ongoing, or perhaps my very favorite ongoing series by any sports writer out there. Why your children's favorite animated show sucks. And yeah. we connect on Paw Patrol mm -hmm. in particular. In fact, I was watching some Paw Patrol with Football Baby this very morning. Who is the worst character in an animated kid show right now, McGarry? On oh, against all animated kid shows. Yeah, uh, it's Kylo. Because you know what? I actually don't. I don't actually watch Kylo. Mm -hmm. But every time we do the series, every time we do one. <laughs> oh my God! There he is. Yeah, every time we do the series, <laughs> parents write parents write it and they go, "Please do Kylo because I'm if I see that runty brat's face again, I'm gonna kill myself." And it's always Kylo. They hate Kylo. They just they just hate his face. They wanna they wanna just throw him in a in a potato sack and toss him over a waterfall. He is though. He's awful. He's an awful kid. But I feel bad for him because I assume he's infirm. Right? There is I mean, something. There's definitely something wrong. With he's him. Uh, not since oh, Charlie Brown. Have, well, well, I don't know. I, don't he's know. I, I haven't watched it. I haven't. Watched, I didn't know if he was sick. <laughs> if he's if he's got cancer or something, I'm sorry. I, I just thought he was just a wiener. I didn't know. 
Well, he sure. is that for He's sure. He's definitely that as well. I'm going to go with, well, handsome, get your answer, please. Well, it's funny because Caillou, I didn't, like, I didn't grow up with Caillou, so, I, so I've only come to hate him since I arrived in America. But in England, there was a gentleman named Postman Pat who was a postman. Mm. But he was deeply incompetent. He was very, very bad at his job, and he would get himself in situations and he had a cat that he would take him around because cat rhymes with Pat. And that was really the whole story. And I used to dislike Postman Pat pretty intensely. So I, ca- I would go with Caillou. And there are some others that are objectionable, but I wanted to bring a new one to your audience's attention. Throughout history, the UK has has a pretty solid history of shrill television. Characters. Yes. Yeah. Teletubbies. The Teletubbies. Yeah. The, I mean, the, yeah, there's the, there's one called In the Night Garden, which looks like the very worst, like the recesses of the worst thing that could happen in your brain. Like there's a, a squeaky toy that sort of. Also, just... you claim the pig too, Peppa Pig. Oh yeah, Peppa Pig. I also, I, I like Peppa I like you know what I could deal with Peppa Pig. I, I you know I I would. Right now, if you said to me you got to go out drinking with any cartoon father, Mister yeah. Mister Pig, Daddy Pig, they call him. He just oh. seems like he'd be a he'd be a fun dog. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> he's just he's a he's, oh, he's going out for a picnic. Yeah, I'll bring up your trap to get this. Yeah. I will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's he's fun. He seems like fun. It is, by the way. Caillou's parents are real. Yeah, they're involved. annoying. I would not well. want to go out drinking with those right. people. No, they're wieners and they have a wiener kid. Yeah. Um, I, you know, uh, by the way, Thomas, uh, you know, he, you know, with his friends, he's the least charismatic of yes. all the trains, and yet they all follow him, which is weird. But McGarry, the one that really jumps out at me in your, you know, I think your defining work is uh, is the piece you wrote about Paw Patrol. And I feel not since Aquaman has there been such a diabolical human being who takes advantage of other beasts that walk the planet Earth as this rider kid on Paw Patrol. Yeah. Uh, he, this guy, he, so he has all these pups who do his bidding, and yet Ryder's the one who takes the calls. Right. He gets all the glory. Yeah, What's he do? He just assigns dogs to go out and do dangerous work all the time. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a dictatorial Canadian Tot, and I don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's not. He's not that far removed from Sir Topham Hat, just yeah. reaping the fruits of <laughs> of anthropomorphic dog or train labor, and and really just just I I feel like they should have a better CBA. These pups, they hey. need. <laughs> hey Rubble, why don't you? Hey, look, there's something dangerous happening over there. Why don't you go do why something you go about do it? it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, robot dog. Why does he just have six robot dogs instead of sending live dogs into a volcano to airlift out like <laughs> a, a monkey? Also, why don't they? Uh, if they would just kill the chicken, I mean, ninety-five percent of all of Adventure Bay's problems would be resolved by that. The mayor's little chicken, the chica, the wait, is it chica, the chicken? I know. Chicoletta, Chicoletta, Yeah, somebody just needs Who's to paying, eat her, and that'd be it. To feed the chicken, you know, that's that's not cheap. Someone has to get a coop. Mm-hmm. They have to get mm-hmm. feed. Well, who's paying for that? The taxpayers of Adventure Bay? Yep, the people of Adventure Bay. Um, Last thing is, before we jump into the show proper here, this is just the hurry up, McGarry. Yeah, we're really hurrying through this. It's alleged, but not uh, not in reality. 
<laughs> this is like this is like an Andy Reid hurry up. Right, Damashek's nine minute <laughs> offense. I think that is going to be the new name of this, the Andy Reid hurry up. <laughs> That's a good name for it. Um, last thing is, you are among many other things as a Renaissance man. You are a champion of the show Chopped, where That's in cool. which uh, you have to cobble together random food uh, items and create a meal out of them. You won on that, uh, and I watched it, and it was marvelous oh, stuff. Oh, there it is. Oh, there Where'd he is. Get... Look at there. <laughs> <laughs> the so-called derp face, I believe you call it. The thumbs. Every <laughs> I am now, now staring at that gift. You search my name, it's that gift. Um, is... Here we go. Surprise chop scenario. Butternut squash, okay. canned anchovies, a, canned bottle, anchovies. a bottle of Pepsi, and Cool Ranch Doritos. Mm. Handsome, you can weigh in here too. Okay. I don't fancy myself a chef, so I really so don't know a what So it would be a salad, okay. all right? So then the anchovies would go into the dressing. The Pepsi would, what did you say, Pepsi or Coke? Pepsi, yeah. Maybe a little bit of Pepsi to, to give it a bit of sweetness, some soy. No, soy's no good with squash. What was the fourth ingredient? Doritos. Cool Ranch Doritos. And anchovies. <laughs> like sprinkle them over the top. Yeah, uh, that would be that would be your crunch. That'd be your textural elements. Naturally, right? I, I think yeah. I would I would bake that the bake the uh, you know silver foil bake out the uh, the the whatever you call it the the butternut squash put the anchovies in that mush that it creates when you open it up and mix that all up and then put the chips over the top. Yeah, if you, that sounds you delicious. To, I'd actually I'd to, eat that tonight. You would have to bake. You would bake the squash. But you would have to, and then you have like cubes, and then you would have to mix it with some other cube vegetable, so it's like a warm salad. Right. And you would dress it with the anchovies and a little bit of the sweet Pepsi, and then I would just pour myself a nice tall glass of Pepsi. Like Ooh. that's all I could do. Can I just drink yeah. that? Yeah, you know they I... do. They, you know what they do. They give you a little shot glass with like the Pepsi in the rum. They're like, oh, that's your that's your amuse bouche. Like that's, <laughs> that's your little appetizer shot. And all the judges are like, look, it's eight a.m. <laughs> I don't need a shot of Sam Puka before I eat bad noodles. <laughs> All right. I'm going to – oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to give this one to Handsome Hank. Upset right. victory. Nicely Thank done. You. Start the show. Yes, hi and hello, football fans, once again, and welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, available thanks to – McDonald's, go get you some all-day breakfast. I'm looking for the logo, but instead I find Drew McGarry's gigantic head uh, there. Take That's just as well. And like I, a, it's the Golden Arcs. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Hey, people have been hitting us up, and uh, uh, Luke Kiani, he says his first day in America, he's already capitalizing on uh, – I like that it's the Damashek McDonald's all-day breakfast. That's think, rightly I think stated. You, yeah. I, you know, you came it, up with the idea. Hey, if you look at uh, it, look at those business trades, you know, or the like the financial trade stock market and such. Is that what they call it? The, fi- the I don't know what trade. they call it. I don't know. It's not you my, look at those not business trades. Word. I don't know yeah. what they call it. What, what, what is it? The, the Wall Street? I think journal? you came up with a stock market. I think stock that's market. generally what people call yeah, it. Yeah. McDonald's stock is through the roof right. since they partnered up with Damashek. Yeah. Coincidence? Nope. Probably. Do you get a, Do you get a taste of that? Oh, I get a, ta- a literal taste. No, you, don't. I, no you, don't get, you don't get nothing. I, yeah, you know what? It's sad. You get like a 25 cent discount. No, no, we got given all day breakfast one time. That is true. We were. We, were given, a, we were given a feast of it. My old More man, than you could possibly eat in one go. My mother reported to me that uh, that she and the old man were at an airport, uh, in the airport recently, and my father unironically told the uh, the girl behind the counter taking his order, you know, uh, you know McDonald's sponsors my son's uh, podcast there, so. 
I don't know what he was. What was he? I don't know what he wanted. Oh, hey, have some ketchup. <laughs> what were, you, the, were you there? No, no, but uh, uh, was humiliated. If he had done that, bro, you would have died. Right? Oh, well, he, this is my famous I've, son. I've died a thousand deaths in his country. He's a very big deal when it comes to McGriddle promotions. <laughs> Um, TV Berrigan lets us know that uh, in Australia they do at the McDonald's there they do serve gravy fries. Ooh. I mean that's a better. That you know what? Why aren't we that's... doing that here? Let's go. Right. And, and I also hear that they in the rest of the world are not doing all day breakfast. So that's the other side of things. But gravy fries, gravy fries off uh, for all day. Yeah, my wife is is nuts for gravy fries. Like it, it's it's three a.m. And you've been partying too hard. She's all about gravy. I love a gravy fry myself. And in fact, we have coming up, that reminds me, the latest edition of the food block in which we talk to pro football offensive linemen about food. Who better to weigh in on the key issues of uh, of eating uh, than uh, than those gigantic human beings? But I'll ask you guys this too now. What is, uh, this is the question that we'll talk to Sean O'Hara, late of the New York Giants, now our pal here, and Ross Tucker of the Ross Tucker football podcast we're going to talk about what are the best and worst if you have to be in an eating contest what food items would you want to try mcgarry i start with you uh maybe wings yeah it's a good conventional one i think i would dominate that too that's that's one of the that's one of the food items where where i eat it regularly as if i'm already in a contest (laughs) i'm just like oh oh god oh god so many just i just can i put them in my ears just 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 one here and then one my nostrils all for no for no good reason have you suffered the thing that i have the older i get when i eat wings about three or four hours later in the middle of the night i wake up and i'm sweating and i and i can smell the wing sauce coming through my pores literally that's true yeah I had that with garlic. I need garlic now. Like my my wife like smells my skin and she's like, <laughs> "What did you eat?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, "No more garlic for you. You have to eat humiliating. You have to eat, have to eat boiled chicken from now on. No more seasoning." <laughs> Handsome, how say you? I think I wouldn't go with hard boiled eggs, and I realize that's also a contest that you can do. But hard boiled egg, like that, I just find that so disgusting just the smell of the hard boiled egg, and then but that, I mean it's fine. You can eat one, and then you'll that's all right. But then. Eating more than one hard-boiled egg in a go feels just... Ugh. You know what feels like a universal one that I bet you everybody thinks they would do well in is uh, donut holes. You know, the, mm-hmm. the circles yep. I mean, I'm talking about. I think, I, think sweet, I think sweet stuff would nail you. Yeah, it really would. A really short amount. You'd you know sick. what? Can I switch my answer to Pringles? Ooh. Because I could eat... I could eat a, a nine-story stack of Pringles. But they say, I mean, once you pop, you can't stop. That is literally, that's that's their whole thing. Or is that it's not their just, slogan? No, that's not them. That's their slogan in in England. That is. We just, really? Yes, it is. It's once you pop, you can't once stop. Once you pop, you can't. It's it's what they do. You that's, you will die because of how addictive yeah. our, our <laughs> processed shape, universal you, shape. Chris, you will uh, slowly but surely eat yourself yeah. to death if you begin exactly. eating uh, that, consuming our product. I mean, you never see a potato chip eating contest because everyone eats potato chips right. and Doritos as if they're they're already in the contest. <laughs> By the way, I would put I would put those hot dogs. I would put those way down at the bottom because the part where they dip it in the water is so disgusting to me mm-hmm. that I couldn't. I just wouldn't want anything. To so you, I I I, uh, I can say in advance that I've already had the conversation with Tucker and O'Hara, and I asked them this uh, hypothetical, and I ask it to you guys now. Would you rather? I don't. What's a reasonable amount of time? Joey Chestnut ate seventy wieners. 
let's say I give you four days to eat those 70 wieners. Three, let's say. Three days to eat 70 wieners. Would you rather take that challenge or just drink the bucket of refuse left behind by Joey Chestnut? Ah! No, I, t- I would take I'd, the four challenge. I don't yeah, I would do the we- four days, fine. That's You'd fine. get awfully sick, though. That's fine, but I'm not eating the refuse. So is there? I, are you talking about like a bucket of his like boot, or just like the, no, like the stuff of him that, that he dipped in when it's done, as he uh, leaves the stage to celebrate what the bucket he leaves behind. You have to drink uh, that. Yeah, no, no. That's, that's, that's the, the um. So the fridge. I think you get sick either way. as the answer. I think you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. I would throw up all of this. I think I've told you about you know I used to, I had to look after William Perry when he played briefly for the London Monarchs a few years ago and he um he entered that. the he entered he was invited to be part of that contest and they paid him I think an enormous amount of money to be in there and after six he was like I'm done and he just sat <laughs> he just sat there and just let everyone else eat around him and he got paid I think like a quarter of a million dollars to basically have five hot dogs and then, <laughs> I really I and I, I, I that's what I that I love the he just he, he was just like yeah okay I'm finished I'm full. Like I really don't like watching the competitions. Like I, I watch the hot dog contest and I'm just like, I'm it like, makes yeah, it's disgusting. Savor it. You're not there's no, there's no savoring going. No, on. I agree, and I, I, I say all the time the 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 intimidating move that I have yet to see anybody employ is ordering a side of fries. You walk <laughs> out with a side of fries, like whoa, this guy's eating for crazy. Yeah, that's great. No, no, you know what? I think I think the other competitors would be like that guy's. Amazing. <laughs> Maybe that would be what they like. Do. Like if if you know if Tom Brady walked out and was like, you know what, I'm gonna play in leg weights today. Like <laughs> like the, uh, the opposing defense wouldn't be like, wow, he really he's re- he's really confident. They'd be like, all right, cool, I can just sack sack the living hell out. Um, all right, before we jump in on the book here, uh, Drew McGarry, and it really is remarkable stuff. How many sports writers are writing novels out there? I want to get in to no, the they're all losers. That's exactly only I, right. Only I pulled it off. <laughs> uh, only I was bad enough. You are also, let me count the things that I know about McGarry. Deadspin, one of the uh, the real trailblazers of, uh, I suppose, uh, alternative media outlets and, uh, you know, kind of taking down the big boys out there. And now, really, the old guard is so many other uh, right. pl- uh, these, uh, yeah. Yeah, sources sort of emerge here. McGarry and I worked together for one glorious week on the Norm MacDonald uh, sports yes. pilot for Comedy Central. Yes, never you time. got fired? That was a gay time. I wasn't fired. No, it, was, no. it was an audition to be hired. Right. And we were not we were not retained. So I I prefer to think of it as a uh, uh, a test, yeah. <laughs> a test that you, you didn't do that well. You, right. you can't be fired. You can't be fired from a job you never got. Untrue. I thought you were gangbusters uh, during your week in uh, we, we in were Los Angeles. Into the, our resumes were tossed into the any the, uh, uh, any uh, good stories about Norm that stand out to you. The one the one I remember the most was we were sitting in the writers' room and Norm. Started eating an entire bottle of chewable Pepto Bismol, <laughs> and um, and someone turned to him and they were like, "Norm, what are you doing? That's Pepto Bismol." And he had like some pink stuff like right by his mouth, and he was like, "What?" <laughs> and, uh, so that that was my. <laughs> uh, they were tasty mints. Uh, uh, <laughs> all of that, and we've now discovered he's an incredible artist as well. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful right. artwork. I mean, it's a, that's amazing. And writer, and, artist. Oh. Yeah. The, of oh. all the people I can think of, the biggest Bob Mould fan there is out there. Yes, love Bob. Just, just still cranking, still going. He really he's, is. He's the George Blanda of alternative rock. He it, just will not stop. Within the last three weeks, I listened to uh, a Sugar 
uh, album. So, uh, so that's why you should. I still Everybody dip, should have their intake. I still dip into some Bob Mould myself <laughs> here. Um, but before we jump in on the novel, though, we did mention at the top Minnesota Vikings fan, long suffering, and now that Cleveland's off the Schneid, Minnesota, the Twin Cities, kind of that's a that's a if you're a fan from of that sports town, that's a tough. Mm-hmm. group to be rooting for, although the, the Timberwolves are on the rise. But let's go through it, our latest episode or edition of On the Record. Let's figure out what the 2016 Minnesota Vikings are going to go. Ross okay. Tucker sat in here about a month ago and predicted they're going to the Super Bowl, McGarry. How's that he make He did you say feel? that, didn't he? Yeah. I have my own feelings about it, but I'm, I, I I feel very good about them. I'll put it to you Ooh, that way. So you're I, a- think, I think they're very good, and now that I think they're very good, that means everyone's going to tear their ACL before. Right. And that also means <laughs> you're headed for a larger disappointment than you would be. If, oh, right. Just all the pain. I just mean, the, so much pain coming my way. The defense is beyond reproach. The pieces, uh, the skill position guys on offense look for real. Look pretty good. The question is Teddy B. You're a believer, obviously, McGarry. I believe in Teddy. Uh, my problem is the line. The line was garbage last year. It was the worst offensive line I've ever seen them field. And. They brought in two guys from free agency. They drafted, they drafted the the, the literally the worst pass blocker in college football, <laughs> as graded by like Pro Football Focus, in the in the third or fourth round. And that was the other lineman that they plugged <laughs> in. And they get Loadholt and they get uh, John Sullivan back. But um, it was just so awful. It was it was it was like watching water go down a shower drain that where the the drain cover was taken off. It was just. I, I the the thing speaking of awful, you know, I always lament why did you know if you're in the NFC North and that was so great, coincidence or not, the Vikings win the division when they're playing outside. That's how it should be. Right. Don't put a dumb dome on that joint. It's such a yeah. home field advantage. And it was a shame. Adrian Peterson, I wonder this about, uh, you know, Blair Walsh obviously has the stink on him until he gets another crack at things in January, gets hopefully. It'll be really <laughs> or, or, or that one way or the other. Um, I wondered as a Vikings fan, do you, when you think of Adrian Peterson, the football guy, we, you know, the human being is another discussion not, altogether, not, but not, it, the, not the father of the year. Yeah. Just as a, as a football guy, do you think of, uh, does it loom to you that in his two biggest games that he fumbled the yes, game? I mean, yes, to me, that's the, the, the yes. book on him. It drives me nuts. Uh, honestly, I honestly would have been fine. If they had cut him loose and made Jet McKinnon the feature back, then they had gone with McKinnon and Asiata. I really, it would have been, if they had invested that money in, in the line instead, I would have been fine. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Mm. All right, so let's do it. The 2016 Minnesota Vikings, let's blow through the schedule here and right. determine exactly how they're going to figure it, uh, how they're going to finish up here at Tennessee, Whoa. McGarry, win or hey. loss. And they destroy oh, that. Too. Right. Yeah, that's a win. You agree? On Even that? with the exotic Smash Mouth coming out of there. Yeah, that's a bad matchup for a yeah. team that wants a Smash Mouth uh, play Smash Mouth football. The Vikings right. built. Uh, I think they'll win that one. Smash you no, back. That, that, that's one of the worst teams in football. Gonna... Hosting the Green Bay Packers in week two. Win. Oh. Uh oh. I. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we're gonna go going sixteen and zero with the Vikings. No, that, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that, now, that you, ends now you travel to Charlotte, North Carolina, yeah, for the loss. reigning NFC. That's teams. an L. That's, that's a loss. A, All right, yeah, two take, and one. Ooh, Monday night football. Go ahead, they actually, Gary. They play Carolina well, and uh, they actually they were the ones that destroyed them before they had their fantastic run at the beginning of um, at the beginning of last season. But yeah, I think they I think they lose in Charlotte, and then the Giants they would beat on Monday night. 
They beat the Giants right. on Monday yes. night. They now are three and one. Then it's the Houston Texans who might be the team. I don't. I don't like Brock. A defensive struggle, but Teddy B and company are soaring at four and one as they go into the bye. Then they come back out. Speaking of sorry, they fly of uh, soaring. They fly to Philadelphia to play those Eagles. How say you? Good. Win. <laughs> boy, boy, the Vikings are good. Handsome. Feel free to raise. No, the I mean right now I can't really. I the the Giants Monday night one maybe. I think that's a good game, but but it's at home. I, I'll give that to the Vikes. I may as well be arrogant now before it all falls apart. There's, right. There's there's no there's no loss to being arrogant right now. You so, know what? Yeah, they, you know what you can't do, and I made the mistake of doing this. I listened to JJ Reddick's podcast, which is pretty good. You can't. Well, that's not a mistake in and right. of itself. But I listened to Aaron Rodgers on the podcast. And he's so confident about this yeah. team. and it make, it can be, It's like watching Hard Knocks every year. If you watch Hard Knocks, you assume, well, that team's got to win the Super Bowl. They're, right. just, they're, they're so good and confident. But I re- you hear Aaron Rodgers talk, I think, like, oh, the Packers are going to bounce back big this year. So I'm going to give them a awesome week. In the his- I, I know in- who his coach is, though. So I, I have, <laughs> that's my one reprieve. In the history of, of fans picking, at any stage, picking what their team will do in a season, no fan has ever picked their team to go, go less than 12-4. and four. Yeah, and, and in the history of this happening, like and four July. losses is like, oh, I don't know. I think we can squeeze thirteen and three out. You could be yeah, a Browns so, fan right now, and you you get yourself to twelve and four. In July, I can irrationally yeah. talk myself into any any ten wins. Right, this it's is nice for this is so. This is a yeah, nice is a good thing, thing for Vikings do. fans. All right, so next up at the Chicago Bears on Monday night. I, you know, I think they'll win it, but I'll put it as a loss just for fun. All right. <laughs> there you go. That's how you Jet, get to full. Cut, Cutler plays very well against them, especially at home. So right. I, I don't ever count out Cutler. He's very dangerous, especially when he plays against us for some reason. It's really irritating. Next up, it is uh, they host the Detroit Lions. The Lions are going to have a historically bad season. Yeah, the Lions suck. Do you really think so? I really so? think it's going to. I think it's going to go very badly wrong for them. Oh, yeah, I, they should have fired. They should have fired. Caldwell. They should have fired Caldwell. I think they. I think uh, like three weeks into the season, every player on that team is like, "I wish Jim Caldwell wasn't our coach anymore." Yeah, yeah, he's gone. Hmm. All right, I, I don't know if I agree. I with think. That, but this... all right, next up at DC. Oh, they went Gary's home. That's a victory, eh? Forget it. I'm not. I won't. I won't ever admit that they'll lose the Redskins. Forget <laughs> it now. Hate the Skins. Do you yeah. now? They uh, actually. They, they would have a very, very. They're gonna have a very, very hard time winning that game. But I can't. I just can't. Boy, I, I can't get a good sense of. I, I can't read uh, what that team's going to be this year. The Redskins. Yeah, I just don't like. Yeah. I mean, Jay Gruden. I mean, I, I. I admitted that I obviously was wrong. I thought he would be gone. A year in, and in fact, he actually, you know, He's still there. Put together. I know, isn't that terrible? Season. Yeah, uh, it's weird. I don't know what to make of that. That Jay Gruden is a, is a semi-successful NFL coach. Ah, uh, hate it. Arizona Cardinals visit the Twin Cities. How say you? I'll I'll make that a loss because because of last year's loss, which was so, you know, the the Walsh thing was so painful that it helped mask the end of their that Cardinals game. But that was a really awful loss too. Um, true, true. Next up at the Lions on Wait. Thanksgiving. Beat them. They suck. That's a good. Uh, that's yep. a, that should be a halfway decent game if if these Vikings are as good as McGarry says they're going to be. Next up, uh, two straight Thursday games for them. They host the Dallas Cowboys. Win. I think the Give Cowboys are going to be good. I think Ro- the Ro- good. Romo will be Romo will be dead by week five. <laughs> right. They're going to be trot- They're going to trot out Rex Grossman from the street or something horrible. Uh, so you're so far uh, cool with this. So far, the Vikes have uh, three losses, uh, according to McGarry. Now at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 
for whom uh, apparently sports writers are just over the moon right, right now. Yeah, because that's always bad Because it's I think, July. I, I think they'll, they'll win that game. I agree. Jags a year away still. Now they host the Indianapolis Colts. That I think they would probably lose. I wouldn't. I've seen this team play Andrew Luck before. I would not. But I would not have them beating Andrew Luck. And a uh, a nice Saturday. I like it at the end of the season. Yeah, snowy like Saturday, Saturday in Green Bay. That's going to be fun. Green Bay. Definitely snow. I'm putting it for a loss. That's a loss. That's a loss. That's a loss. I would never. I would never take for granted them going to Green Bay. No. No. Oh, it's, it's Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. And uh, and then lastly, oh. they, they finish up at home against the Bears. Is it really Christmas Eve? It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what Thanks, Goodell. <laughs> that's going to ruin my Christmas. Merry Christmas. That'll be nice. Well, on Christmas Eve and watch them lose. The- <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that is the scenario because everybody is going to be sitting around because it's a road game. So no, everybody's gonna, you're going to gather around uh, the right. TV and watch. Sorry, them. kids. Yeah. Santa's not coming this year. Yeah, I got I got to stand by my parents' standard death TV in Washington. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, lastly, the Bears will give them a victory there, and that, that? makes them twelve and four. Is I that told you. Yeah. Wait, yeah, I think you, I don't think you can count. Yeah, I did. Wait, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, eleven and five. I stand. You know correct. what? Uh, give them the first Bears game too. Make them thirteen and three. That's what I. That's what I. Get. <laughs> hey, eleven and five would not be too bad. Or maybe yes, it would. No, I, I go they need to go 16 0 <laughs> I like your ambition, McGarry. All right, well, speaking of ambition, I can't even conceive, re- legitimately. I've talked with people. That's uh, ridiculous that uh, I know to, to hear that somebody would ever talk to me. Dave, what about a book? I, I mean, the idea of writing <laughs> 300 pages is so daunting to me. I, I really can't conceive of many, what it takes. You, to just sit have, down. you would just have someone ghostwrite it. It would be Dave Damashek with. Turd Ferguson and Turd Ferguson. Ooh, right. Or Handsome Hank. Maybe I'll do it for you, but how many, how many consecutive minutes would you have to sit down for in order to be able to write a book? I mean, I think it would take me 27 years to write yeah. a book. I can't. I mean, in a novel? In, I mean, I can write stuff about... two-minute increments. Here's my you dumb thought on a bi- binary football issue. Right. I could do that, but I mean, right. write a novel that, that, that the words didn't exist until I sat down beyond my... Right. Beyond my uh, my, uh, well, you don't. My you don't. You start. You start off with something that's that's actually happened. You know, like I took a hike in the woods, and there's no one there, and there was like the hotel lady didn't even say said there was no trail behind the hotel, and I found a trail behind the hotel, which was really spooky and weird, and there was nobody around. Where was it? And it was in Pennsylvania, and I was freaking out. Like as the longer I walked, the more freaked out I started to get. I was like, well, some mystical bear is gonna come. <laughs> Make me make me a slave or something like that, and that's where it starts. You know, you know, if you just start with a with a blank page, you're you're hosed. And by the way, I'm not. Um, I don't. I I think I still have not figured out the best way to sort of pour books, like because it's because it's a book, and you know, the Venn diagram of books and like people who want to hear about fantasy football is not exactly strong. But I have figured out now that that I'm what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the Trump approach. I'm going to brag and lie. So what I wanted to say was. It's gonna be the number one book. <laughs> people are going nuts already. People are just going crazy for it. I keep hearing that they want it everywhere. Just total demand. It may it may top a billion in sales already. Bob Knight loves it. Um, yeah, yeah, listen, 
I think uh, legitimately I, I've begun reading it, and it, it, it occurs to me, are you a Tom Robbins and a T.C. Boyle fan? Because you, you know, uh, uh, the, the, either of those names mean anything to you? A little bit, but actually, I am for someone who writes novels, I'm shockingly awful about reading them. Like, I read about as much as, like, a football fan, and what I usually do read, it's, like, World War II history. I'm like, like I don't hear about that novel stuff. Let me hear about the Battle of Midway. Like, that's always, <laughs> like, oh, that's a good man book. Like, like, like if, if there was a shipwreck and guys are stranded on a glacier, and then they have to, like, fight the Japanese for survival, like, that's... That's like 90% of the stuff I read. <laughs> uh, well, listen, so far from what I've read, it's great, but I think to really help sell it here, but, yes. would you describe it as, um, and by, you don't have to lie, but you can brag rightly because the reviews have been legitimately dynamite. The Blow hype it. by Drew McGarry, his Blow second it. novel. Well, I read one of the reviews off the back, you know, the, the things that get. You that. can do that, but instead. Well, that to help, scintillating podcast. I want you to read this. It's described by people as fantasy or post-apocalyptic yep. or sci-fi of, uh, of sorts. And in fact, uh, what do you call that? The um, the dedication or whatever, the, the little quote that you run on its own page before the the novel proper begins the little oh i have a story about that but it, it's no. from uh, queens of the stone age which you yes. don't see that uh, lead very many novels <laughs> and i couldn't use it in the final because you actually now because no one buys albums uh you need you need to secure permission from rock bands if you want to use the, their lyrics as an epigram and i didn't i wasn't able to get permission so we can't use it ah. in the <clears throat> in the final published version but like it was one of those things where where it was like, I feel bad that like you got to find every p possible revenue stream you have because people just use Spotify and you get 10 cents from the album that way. You know? <laughs> Not very rock and roll, though. The no. Queens of the I Stone Age. I will say, no, you, you can't have it. <laughs> I will say the book is not is designed to be read very fast. You read in two minutes or two hours, not two minutes, but you read two hours and then go go about your day. It, it is not a slog. I promise. All right. Well, listen. Let's uh, let's uh, start things off right here. I think, based on the descriptions I've heard for it, I think no one better to really read the first paragraph to whet the appetite than Ooh. from the Batman movie and beyond. Bane. There were deer all over the road. He drove past the street crew, ordered us carrying a dead one off the side of the highway, gripping the animal by its dainty hooves and moving it like they were carrying a small table upside down. After that, he saw more and more of the deer. Some whole, some ripped in half, some just pieces of raw meat. Some of them were consigned to the shoulder, and he wondered if they had been dragged there or if the big hulking trucks had plowed into them and chewed them up and spat them out into random pieces off to the side. There are a lot of trucks on this highway, all of them faceless, they didn't seem to be driven by people at all. They were just there, seemingly operated by some grand master switchboard program to never stop. And they were legion. They had paved the asphalt with all the deer blood under them. Wow. I mean, that was uh, that was that wonderful is... from what Can I could understand. Can he do the audio? Can he do the audio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was perfect bang because half of it was unintelligible, but that's exactly what I wanted. Right. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> You've been how do you, how does do, so how do you do the effect do you have to talk into like a copper mug like in front of a microphone that's how exactly it... right it's not that hard now is not the time for fear i can't do it as well I ah that's that's actually pretty you just good. gotta that's... cup you gotta cup your voice uh i was that's wondering just... what would break first 
your spirit or your body. It's a little Sean Connery, right, Bane? He, that, is, that is correct. That is accurate. Should I talk in my regular he, voice? I could. He talked on the Tonight Show about his influence, but I couldn't remember what it was. It was some random British. It, yeah, it was like a nineteen. Henry ought to know. I probably should do. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you're English. These are the yeah, things you should understand. Why wouldn't I know? It was, it was like <laughs> some no 1940s chat. detective, I believe. Something. What's that? It was like some 1940s detective, something like that. Oh, was that, right? that was his hmm. inspiration for Ben. Yes. Uh, McGarry, what nope. a pleasure. And when do, So when can everybody buy the book? Immediately? August 2nd. August 2nd, and which uh, is not that far from now. And you can pre-order it. And it'll, if you pre-order it, a lot of times when you pre-order it, it comes well before the sell on day. And how can people go about doing this? Like Amazon, Barnes and Noble, any indie. The places book. where you got books, Dave. Yeah. I don't know about that. You don't have to humiliate what you, what do you me. Mean? I don't know about books. Any, you don't know about buy. books. <laughs> like, I don't know about so, books. What's the book? Where would you get them from? <laughs> Can you put it in a sandwich with French fries? How does it work? Listen, that's, uh, you know, reading and such, you know, right. book learning yeah, yeah. ain't my thing right now. But right, right, I am right. making an exception to read McGarry's book to complete if you want, we'll what I've him, begun. We'll get, we'll get Bane to read it to you. I like the idea of just maybe Bane riding shotgun with me instead right. of it being an audio book. Literally, actually, he sits in the car with me and uh, goes to and, <laughs> to and fro from work. But in the meantime, McGarry, we uh, we got to make this a, uh, a regular uh, item. You're a delight, and it thrills handsome Hank. It does. No end. Uh, Anytime, with man. Always happy to be here. And uh, muzzle tub. And, and really, on follow him on, uh, on on Twitter, too, one of the great follows. You do one of the hardest things to do in being funny. Jim Gaffigan is good at it. Louis C.K. is good at it. And Drew McGarry is good at it. Being funny, legitimately funny, without being hacky or hokey about about child rearing and stuff. McGarry's yeah. great at that, among many things. We read his work in GQ, Deadspin, of course, and now The Hike. The novel, go get it, his second one. And at Drew McGarry is how you track him down on Twitter. What a pleasure, fella. Thanks, brother man. Now I can do the thumb dance. All right. There he goes. <laughs> Ooh, and look for him on an upcoming edition of Chopped. Drew McGarry, everybody, what a pleasure. It's for the dirt face. Do your worst. <laughs> Give handsome a kiss. Give a handsome a kiss real quick. Wait, wait. Mm, no, mm, not to me. There, mm, there you go. That's well, nice. You get one, too. You're uh, delicious. <laughs> there he goes drew mcgarry everybody all right what are we doing now oh it's time for oh like i promised before here they come ross tucker and sean o'hara with the food block dave Damashek. well I feel pleased that uh, the summer of 2016, if nothing, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick is still a question mark with the Jets, but one thing that has happened that's been a positive step, not just in football America, but society is advancing food debates, and who knows better about food than the gigantic fellas that play offensive line in pro football. Back with us. Sean O'Hara, Super Bowl champion with the New York Giants, and Ross Tucker of many pro football teams. What's happening, fellas? Welcome back. And by the way, we have a name now offered to us by a citizen of the Czech Republic. Joseph Smith says that this segment going forward should be called The Food Block. Sean O'Hara, you joined us to discuss with Brian Baldinger best potato preparation. The people have spoken. They weighed in and decided that it is thin-cut French fries. How does that sit with you? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little 
a little shocked at that one. Uh, really? I, I, I think like that's the obvious yeah, one. I'm, I'm, I'm much more of a fan of girth, uh, and, mm. and so I like the thicker cut French fry. Uh, but, you know, look, the way that I look at it is when it comes to French fries, I don't discriminate. I see. I, 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 I enjoy all different um, categories. I'm very diverse when it comes to French fry intake. And you're a fan of girth. And also, as we talked about, uh, the host of the Ross Football, Ross Tucker Football Podcast and many others, he's, he's really uh, dominating the field of podcasting. Our old pal, a former Shecky Award winner for our, for, uh, our favorite football play and guest, Ross Tucker, who was a part of the inaugural food debate with uh, Jeff Schwartz of the Detroit Lions. What's the poop with you, Ross Tucker? Always good to be back on the Dave Damashek football program. Hopefully everybody watching this can see my teeth and how well I brush them today <laughs> because of how we're doing this technically. <laughs> but listen, the answer is mashed potatoes. Hmm. I don't have any problem with fries, but mashed potatoes, absolutely delicious. And the fact that you can mix so many things in with mashed potatoes there's such like I like taking a piece of steak and dipping it through my mashed potatoes, the butter element of mashed potatoes. I don't know if they're really healthier than French fries or not, but I've convinced myself that they are. I'm a mashed guy. That was my vote, Shaq. I you know what? I like where your head's at there and you know it it uh, harkens back to that uh, inaugural food debate that we had. It was gravy or icing, you can only have one for the rest of your life and never again the other, gravy and mashed potatoes. And to some degree, I think, that, I don't want to say it hurts the case of the mashed potato, but do you want your mashed potatoes if you don't have gravy? In most cases, the answer is no. O'Hara, how say you? You know, I, I'll take mashed potatoes without gravy. I mean, if that's the option, it's, you know, like I'm taking gravy over icing all day long. But sure. there's so many other things you could put in mashed potatoes. I, I like I don't know if you've had them, but there's this thing called truffles. You throw a little Ooh, truffles very in mashed nice. potatoes. Now, that that takes it to a whole other level and a whole new price point as well. Sure. But there's a lot of other options besides just gravy. Now, wait a second. You, you just went to the state school known as Rutgers. You didn't go to a fancy pants school like Princeton. No, I didn't, know, I, didn't, I didn't learn about truffles until after I won a Super Bowl. Ah, I see. That's what the requirement. But, but yeah, you didn't know that you were you you were hanging out with the pride of New Jersey with Princeton and and Rutgers, uh, basically within fifteen minutes of each other. Tucker, do you feel superior to O'Hara because of where you matriculated? <laughs> well, if you look at our NFL careers, it's about the only thing I have over him. So, <laughs> so I'm going to ride that as long as I possibly could. Because, look, the reason why O'Hara eats truffles and I don't is because of those last two contracts he got from the Giants. I never saw anything <laughs> like that. So I still stick with my roots. Mashed potatoes with gravy, mashed potatoes with butter. I'm not paying crazy money for a truffle. There's no value there. Look, if you hand me a truffle, I'll eat a truffle. But I'm not paying exorbitant truffle prices. That's ridiculous. All right, see, uh, this is an important conversation. I, I agree, too. That's why I only order truffle mashed potatoes when I'm with a quarterback who's paying for the dinner. <laughs> and then it's, it's, you know, a side of truffle. 
You know, before we jump into today's subject matter, um, and we have some good uh, summertime uh, food conversation to make here, but real quick, O'Hara, while you're here, as soon as we finish the potato debate, you shared a great story about uh, your quarterback, Eli Manning, and your first time, your first autumn not being a football player. Eli missed you quite a bit, didn't he? Yeah, we kind of uh, Saturday night, you know, the night before the game, the after you have your meetings, and I know Ross loved this point in the week as well, it became the snack in the hotel time. Mm. And, of course, Rex Ryan made it popular, let's go eat a damn snack. Uh, but that was always one of the best times because, you know, you've already eaten dinner, but now you come out of the meetings and it was, you know, they'd have ice cream or dessert, which I didn't really worry about, but I wanted to go and they would have, sometimes have cheeseburgers, chicken fingers, um, you know, maybe even some chicken wings and mm. to- Tommy like wingy. So I could never say no to a couple of those, but it was the French fries that I would make in one of those to go containers. I would, and I would, I would doctor them all up. I'd, I'd make sure there was a fresh batch that just came out. I'd put them in the little styrofoam to go tray, salt, pepper them a little bit, throw a little ketchup in there and shake them all up. So they were ready to rock. And it kind of became a Saturday night tradition that Eli would just come over as I'm eating my fries. And as he was sitting down, just, grab a fistful of those fries, put them on his plate, and eat them. And, and it was always like, dude, really? Like, go get your own. You got There's a whole tray over there. He's like, no, no, I want your fries. So that kind I'm of the field game. general. I do as I yeah. please. Yeah, and you know what? I didn't mind. Hey, you know what? The guy's, you know, he, he's, uh, he, he's, he's placing his hands in, in places I don't let uh, any other men go. So I could let him have mm. a couple of French fries. It's the least I could do. Uh, so, yeah, the, the first year that I, that I was out and – um, you know, I was texting Eli before a game and I, you know, I said, good luck. He's like, you know, where are my fries? And I said, well, guess what, pal, you're gonna have to make them yourself. And uh, he texted me later on and said, yeah, I, I made them, but they didn't taste the same. So, uh, that was our carb loading the night before the game. Uh, didn't always look so great. Like when I played for the Cleveland Browns and we wore our white on whites, as Ross knows, back in our 300 pound days. The whites were not very. Is that right? The whites is what the is what the big guy doesn't want to wear. No, you want the dark color. Oh yeah, black dark, is dark slimming. Colors huh? have a little slimming. Yeah, so you can get away with the the French fry carb loading uh, before the game. I got you, Tucker. Uh, t- well, Tucker, by the way, Eli's nemesis or Tom Brady's nemesis was Eli. Uh, Tucker told us a couple of years ago about Tom Brady that he revealed the fact to the world that uh, Tom Brady is a world class beer chugger. I would love to put that to the test. Oh, you think you could defeat him? Could you? Oh, I would. I would. I would love to try. Oh, how say you, Tucker? Was that the? Uh... Sean, he would destroy you. I'm just saying. I, I I was in a fraternity. I've seen over a thousand beer chugging contests <laughs> in my life. I've been a part of a lot of them. I've never seen anybody. He's a better chugger than Hoagie Havner from my fraternity. He's a better. I mean, I have never seen anything like it. He took it irrationally seriously. He slammed down the cup. It was hilarious until I got angry thinking about the fact that Brady literally has every positive male quality known to man. I started to get angry the more I thought about it. I love the fact that the the word frat just got dropped twice in one thing. And I'm the last thing that I'm thinking of when I think of Prince and Tigers is great beer chugging ability so I feel like the credibility with which Ross just laid out that he was in a frat and he saw I mean 
Yes, if I need help solving the Pythagorean theorem, I want you and your fraternity from Princeton. <laughs> uh, not in a beer Olympics. I don't. I think I would go with Rutgers guys o- over the Princeton beer chugging Olympics. Well, Brady's a Michigan guy, Big Ten and all that. I guess that's yeah, you know, a Michigan guy. I saw. I, I'm a Big Ten guy. I saw so, a lot of good beer chugging in my day too. So, some guys have that ability to just. You know, open up the throat and just down the hatch, and it's like one gulp. So let's well that that le- that leads in perfectly to our hot topic today, which is the if you watched it over the July Fourth weekend, they had the uh, wiener eating contest, and uh, uh, what's his name? One just doesn't sound right. Can we? You got to call it something. Why do you get so upset? It's a, there's a whole song by by Oscar Mayer about wieners. Why was that? I didn't create the word wiener for hot dog. Okay, but if you say Oscar Mayer before, then it's totally. Exciting. I don't know why. That's your that's your uh, hot dog eating contest. All right, so. the hot dog eating contest for our our dear guest here was just completed over the weekend. What's his name again? Who wins that? Joey Chestnut won, and uh, and our pal uh, Big Cat from Barstool was also in there. And, uh, you know, it was grotesque to watch, as it always is. Which leads me to this. Best and worst food contest food item you would, uh, you would like to indulge in. I start with you, Ross Tucker. I think this will surprise you, but... It's in comparison to other people. I think I could take down a lot of ice cream, but if I could only pick, I'm an ice cream freak. Yeah, you are. But if I could only pick one, it would be scrambled cheese eggs. And I could easily eat 40 to 50 scrambled cheese eggs without batting an eye. And I think that that's much more than a lot. That grosses out a lot of other people out there and that would actually be delicious and enjoyable to me i would crush people in a scrambled egg eating contest cool hand tuck kind of because uh, cool hand luke does the hard boiled eggs 50 yes. in however many minutes o'hara how say you cheese eggs yeah I, I didn't see that one coming um you know i've always you know I, I mean we used to do our own chicken wing eating contest there was a cluck you chicken on campus so we and it was all you could eat wings on on like a Friday from like three to five. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've done that one a couple of times. That's fun. Um, I think something would be cool to see would be like a, a Cool Ranch Doritos hmm. eating contest because we've all eaten a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos, but like I've always wondered, could I eat two bags? Could I eat three? Because at some point the roof of your mouth becomes so raw that it becomes a battle of attrition and not necessarily even just hunger. So it adds a whole nother element to the eating contest. Would you then maybe be required to employ the same method that you see the uh, wiener eaters out there? They dip it into the water, which is that, that, that to me, would you rather, let's start with this. Now let's talk about this then. Cause it, I was watching the, the wiener eating and it's just disgusting to look at. And I, it occurred to me, would you rather – so Joey Chestnut ate 70, I think was his number over wow. the weekend. 70 in 10 minutes. Would you rather have to eat 70 wieners over, let's say, 48 hours or drink the bucket of refuse left behind by Joey Chestnut after a competitive eating contest? 
That's not even that's not even a question. Why? What's the answer? You, I mean, you would definitely eat seventy hot dogs as opposed to the to the to the chum bucket. Ugh, I well, I don't know because the hot dogs. I mean, it it, it gets to a point of grotesque. Yeah, I'm not levels of I don't know what's in those those wieners. Tucker, how say you? Oh, it's it, clearly the hot dogs. I'm not getting near that disgusting water. I think it's cheating. I can't believe that the Competitive Eating Association allows it. I don't like it. It's not good to look at. It's not good to feel that way when you're eating a hot dog that's been dipped in water. It's gross. And, Sean, you'll appreciate this. One time for my fraternity, I had to eat 16 hot dogs in a night out of the pack. It was called (laughs) Task Night. Right out of the package. So, uh, not... Not warmed up, whatever. I guess they're pre-cooked. But I thought I got off lucky. One of my buddies, they gave him two sticks of butter and a canister of Hawaiian punch. And he had to eat both of sticks of butter like it was fun dip. Ugh, that we were talking about this. The producers and I, in preparation for this conversation, we were debating what would be the worst. We all agreed. And in fact, that is an event in competitive eating is butter thing is what I, what do you call those butter sticks? That is, I can't, I, I don't think I can think of a worse one. I think if, eat, if you just had to eat as many as you could in 10 minutes, just giant sticks of butter. Ugh. Yeah, and do you, and do you just, uh, do you just swallow it whole kind of thing? I believe those are jalapenos right there. That's oh, jalapenos. Like Slurpees. You know Slurpees. What? How about, how about uh, asparagus? Ah, I could do all right with and, that. and I'm just more thinking about like what happens after you eat asparagus. <laughs> Imagine like eating a hundred spears of it, how bad your bathroom stop would be after eating asparagus. There's also what's the world record behind the glass for oysters? I think I think I was told that it was forty five dozen oysters in ten minutes. Forty five dozen oysters. Forty six dozen in six minutes. He was one of the guys in the hot dog contest. Uh, wow, that's a lot of that's a lot of shooting. Five hundred twenty two oysters. You know, I, I'm gonna Ugh. throw out an, another and, and it's really not necessarily food, but it's a, it's it might be considered more of like a condiment, but a maple syrup chugging contest Ooh. is to me, w- would be extremely theatrical, and and I kind of say this with experience. And and, and Ross, you'll you'll appreciate uh, this story. Uh, Kevin Boss was a big fan of this show called Silent Library, and it was on MTV. And you would, we we all agreed to go on this show to raise money for charity. And the the gist of it was you would you would go into a library where you're supposed to be quiet, and they would give you certain tasks and and pranks that you would have to to play on each other or do and during it you got money for how quiet you could be while you're doing this so one of the the tricks that i end up having to do was ride it's called uh bike pedaling fastballs or i had to ride a bike that shot tennis balls at my face (laughs) um and so I, i i got hit in the face with 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 about five or six fastballs but the last contest was a maple syrup chugging contest and they had they brought out this um you know like this beer luge it looked like but it had five spigots so it was it, it was it was basically like a funnel for five, that five people could drink at once and they poured about Ugh. i don't know maybe five gallons of maple syrup in it and we all had to drink it until it was over that was the part of the of the contest so of course we did it 
and after the fact, I mean, the, the, the sugar rush you get, you get an instant headache. Um, and the one thing they didn't tell us was that maple syrup in large doses is a laxative. <laughs> so, so imagine, you know, me, Rich Soiber, Chris D, Dave Deal, Kevin Boss, Dave Tollison. We all get done doing this maple syrup thing, and like 15 minutes later, we're all fighting each other to get to the bathroom because uh, <laughs> things are, are things are working, things are things are rumbling. Uh, that would make for a very interesting uh, eat food eating contest, in, including the aftermath. I like the idea of offensive linemen blocking each other trying to get into the uh, into the facilities there. Yeah, it, it was it was a mad dash. <laughs> it was a mad dash, uh, and and and. Maple syrup chugging. Tucker, what's the uh, what food item would you fare the worst in? What's the worst food to do in a food eating contest? Oh man, you know, there aren't that many that fit that criteria. I'll tell for you me. what, ice I cream mean, is pretty uh, gross. Ice cream would be pretty gross for most human beings. Well the brain That's a, freeze. No, oh. ice cream would be awesome. Um honestly Yeah, the brain any, freeze I, I is the opposite. Mayonnaise mayonnaise to me is disgusting. Uh. I don't understand the concept of mayonnaise. So if it was anything to do with mayonnaise, that would be absolutely gross to me. And to piggyback off of Sean's story, in 03, we were at a O-line dinner in Buffalo, and we were eating lobster and steak or whatever. And we all put 20 bucks in or 100 bucks or whatever so that the rookie fifth-round pick out of Iowa – he chugged the entire vat of butter that we were dipping into for the lobster, mm. which is absolutely, I mean, it was a good 20 ounces of butter that he chugged, liquefied <laughs> warm butter, which I think is worse than the syrup. With your dirty mitts and spittle all uh, <laughs> in the bowl along with it. Hey, I got, I'll got. i tell you this, O'Hare, and Tucker as well, Damashek is no stranger to competitive eating. When I was in Bloomington, Indiana, I went. there used to be a place called BW3s. I think it's now Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings. I think yeah. that's what it turned into. Anyway, they had the, the thing in Monday nights. You could go watch football and you could uh, join this competition. And I joined it, and I ate 50 wings in 14 minutes and 45 seconds. Then my game elevated. You know what? I don't want to pick on Peyton Manning, but if there's a knock on him, maybe he didn't elevate his game in the playoffs. Damashek did. Like your, like your friend Eli, he <laughs> elevates his game. So does Damashek. In the regional semifinals, you heard me say 50 wings in 14 minutes, 45. I did 70 wings in 14 minutes and 35 seconds. I also, uh, a year ago this month, went out and in one two-hour stretch, ate 9,000 calories in downtown Los Angeles at a place called Grand Central Market where it's the original food court, and they have all manner of – I had pastrami, I had oysters, I had a grilled cheese sandwich, I had a milkshake made of one pint of ice cream. I think for all of your physical largesse, you lack the grit that Damashek has, and I think I could take you both down in an eating contest if it's the right uh, kind of food. And you hosted and judged four consecutive pie-off events. I noticed you skipped that over. That's why I'm I'm, reading, I'm adding to your – Well, yeah, it's, it's your, that. It, your, listen. Your extremely impressive resume. To, to me, what was most impressive about that diatribe was that you referred to yourself in a third person. Yeah. 
if I'm not mistaken, three times. During yeah. Well, I didn't uh, account. Well, Tucker referred to his frat house uh, at least four. So, <laughs> so, I, so, so we have we have third person versus frat house. You guys are are, are and your aversion to wiener. We're a dead heat right now. Say wiener. Three. Just say wiener once. Uh, I will not say that. He ate. Hey, Tucker, do you know O'Hara ate a wiener during a game in the uh, in the toilet once? He hid away in shame so that his teammates wouldn't see him oh, it's, have a wiener in at halftime because he was hungry. Do you ever that, do anything that like is, that? Um, that's not surprising to me. But what I think's funny is that you're bragging about having 9,000 calories in a day. Mm-hmm. Sean and I used to call that when we were playing Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> is that true? Yeah, we call, it a, we, we call, it, a, we call it a weekday. 9, Calories, I'm so impressed. Give me a break. I think it's – well, I am am legitimately interested that offensive linemen and I guess a lot of defensive linemen too fall into one of two categories. Either you had to put all this weight on in order to be able to play pro football or the minority, the guys who had to actually lose weight in order to be able to play pro football. You guys are both guys who had to pack it on. Who's the guy? Yeah, Ross. I mean, Ross has done a much better job of shedding it than I have. I'm still trying to get down to his svelte fighting weight, but that was one of the benefits of, of being. I think Ross and I would both consider ourselves undersized linemen compared to to the standards that 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 you see out there right now. But yeah, it, it was fun to be able to just say I can eat whatever I want, and sometimes you'd have to force feed yourself. Now, I will say that first year out of retirement and when you're done playing and you're, and you realize I don't have to train like a meathead, you're actually kind of relieved that you don't have to eat like that because <laughs> it, it is exhausting stuffing yourself over and over and over again. Like at some point you just want to kind of say, all right, I don't, I don't, do I always have to go back for a second and third help? Last thing then with you fellas on this subject is what do you have? First of all, are there any keys? What el- what foods are the best for packing it on. Like, what do you – milkshakes would seem like the, the trick to me. What's the food? And which teammates of yours could w- – would win a food-eating contest among your o- offensive linemen pals? Tucker, I, I start with you. Well, I had a lot of success when I was in high school, college, and then in the NFL with Subway subs and huh. uh, Chipotle burritos. I would get two – foot-long BMT subs on wheat because I was going to be healthy (laughs) at Subway. And the Diet Coke. I would crush with my buddies in high school and college two foot-longs without even blinking. And I can remember when I was with the Cowboys, I first got introduced to Chipotle burritos, and I would order two burritos, uh, carnitas, barbacoa, whatever, and I would just destroy (laughs) two burritos no questions asked. Nowadays, I, I have no idea how I did that. I, I have no idea how I used to do that, but I used to be able to do that very easily. So I think uh, heavy bread like that is the key to really putting on huh. the calories if that's your goal. I don't know why that would be your goal, but if that's your goal, go for it. Yeah, at Rutgers, we had this thing called the grease trucks, and you could eat, get these sandwiches called fat cats. And and it was it was two cheeseburgers and and you could, there were different names for them. There was Fat Daryls, Fat Moons, Fat Cocos. I kind of started the Fat Swinger, and it was two cheeseburgers with bacon and egg, and mozzarella sticks, 
chicken fingers, French fries, hot sauce, ketchup, and a little mayo. All so far, that sounds good, except for the mayo. I'm with Tucker on mayo. Which mayo, by the way, is a side note. Is all it is is olive oil and egg, and I like both of those things. And yet, mayonnaise is repugnant to me. The smell of it, and otherwise, but it's, uh, it's just two. What, what, both I like both those things: oil and egg. Just a light layer. But anyway, just a, just a, a slight okay. layer. But in college, the the fat cats that was and and at late night. I mean, it was you weren't eating that in the, during the day. You were eating that at two o'clock in the morning. Hmm. So uh, th- that and then I also used to go crush the grande meal at Taco Bell. It was 10 tacos. It was the, the, the it was, <laughs> you need all 10. Eh? Yeah, it, it was, it was supposed to be, you know, for, for a family, you know, there would be 10 tacos. There was like a Mexican pizza and there was nachos. And I would, I could crush that whole thing by myself. I kind of tried to wise up a little bit once I got in the NFL. And as you mentioned, we don't, we don't call them milkshakes. We call them protein shakes. Ah. But you, you supplement those in addition to the meals. But I was always a big fan of the peanut butter and jelly sandwich at, at before you go to bed. Like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, a couple of those and a glass of milk, and you're on your way to packing on the LBs. I could do without the jelly. I don't know why jelly gets all, gets lumped in. Uh, peanut butter – on bread, if you please, leave me leave the jelly out. Jelly's the fun. You gotta have a little. Fun. I and I don't enjoy it. It's not for me. I, I so you just know. mayonnaise and peanut butter for you. That's right, and no wieners for you. Uh, who yes. would be O'Hara though? Who is the eating champ of uh, of your teammates? Um, well, I think Rich Soybert, Richie Soybert. He, uh, he could. I mean, he could make tables disappear. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was it was impressive, and and he was a fast eater. You would sit down, and you know, halfway through your steak, you would look over, and he, the, I mean, he's lick, he's mopping the plate with your bread, you know, he's eating everything of his, and now he's he's tapping into your plate. Um, That's a Damashek move. Yeah. People scold me all the time for that, but you know what? If you're waiting for an apology, keep waiting. If your food, if you're if you're taking too long with your plate, and it looks good to me, Damashek's gonna reach over and have some and of that. There's an unwritten rule. You you don't. You know, well, you know, like I did it once. I was, I was like doing, Joey from Friends. You know, you don't take another man's fries. You don't, you don't touch another man's food. I was when I used energy. to do sales in Chicago. We were out one time with a client and my boss, and I did uh, taste uh, my boss's food, and then I was scolded afterwards that that was inappropriate. And I said, "This ain't the line of work for me." And I walked like a year later. Anyway, Tucker, uh, how say you on this as we wrap it up? Well, first of all, Damashek, I've had lunch with you, and you're lucky you didn't try to pull that stunt with me. I would break your hand. I would break your finger. Maybe when you were playing, but you've shrunken down. I could take you now. Dude, you better at least ask first. It drives me crazy. I was at the Pittsburgh Steelers game broadcasting, and I put chicken fingers on my salad. I was having like a chicken finger salad, and the play-by-play guy – just grabbed a chicken finger off my salad and I was in shock. And I realized <laughs> in that setting, it'd be inappropriate to smash his head through the window. But the stats guy, the, the spotter, they, they were legitimately scared. They knew it was not okay what, what just happened. You do not put your hand on another guy's food without asking first. Yeah, I believe. I, I mean, true. you're lucky you didn't get it chopped off or bit off. 
Well, I believe you get your ass kicked for doing something like that. I mean, I don't want anybody to do that to me, understand, but I'll do it sometimes. And also, the other thing, you know, uh, now that I've started patting myself on the back a little bit, the thing that I do best in the world is, you know, everybody loves to brag, oh, I'm great at parallel parking, and ironically, very few people are as good at it as I am. But the people are, oh, that's my life skill. I'm so good at that. One of my chief life skills is, is I am the – I'm not saying in the top 10, top five. I am the best order of food at restaurants that I've ever known. I've never – I that's, am 99 that's quite, point that's – That's quite a skill. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I and I live it. And you can ask the people I, who are out with me. Does, they say, I don't know why Damashek always gets the best plate. Whatever whatever the – I know how to I, – I can work with the waiter. What do you think about this? But it, it's not overbearing. Because I don't like the guy who takes too long negotiating what to order with the with the waiter. My old man's that guy. My old man asks, hey, should I, what's better between this or that? And then he – the waiter answers, and then he gets the opposite. It's like, why do you put the – now you've now you've humiliated the guy. I can work with the guy, but bottom line is I get the I order the food better than anybody that I've ever known. And so you guys should keep I'm, your your I'm, hands off my plates. I'm not sure how you would how you even judge something like that. I know it's hard, but it's hard to do. I think if you were going to have to have to win something, that's probably right up your alley. Mm-hmm. I I know what you're getting yeah. at, O'Hara. Yeah, I, th- I I think we'll <laughs> let you have that one. All right, great stuff. And thus ends the latest edition of the Food Block, the great Sean O'Hare and the great Ross Tucker. Tucker, of course, like I mentioned at the top, doing the Ross Tucker football podcast, gangbuster stuff, fantasy analysis, working the numbers, the business end of it now. He's got all sorts of podcasts out there for whatever your football interest needs are. Thanks to Ross Tucker and O'Hare, of course, watch him on Total Access on NFL Network, NFL Now, and so on. Wait, you're playing the music off? See ya, Freddie Frat. <laughs> let's go eat wieners. Now, O'Hare, let's eat a wiener. All right. No. Let, you see, the music, they like to play the music like that's the yeah. end of the show. But Damashek decides when the show's over. Hey, I'm going to decide I don't know if you guys know now. this. You can't play the music on a guy that, that is the best at ordering food. I mean, <laughs> you make fun, but that's what I am. You know what else I'm great at? Urban walking. I can walk. You didn't order any food for this show because I don't see any. I know. Let's see. O'Hare is getting salty because he's hungry. We didn't. We haven't. He hasn't eaten in a half hour, so we got to let him go. Hey, Ross Tucker, you're the tops. O'Hara, maybe you're the tops. I don't know. Fist bumps all the see way. You around. Give o, Give Tucker Good to see a you, fist Ross. bump. Give him a fist bump. Good to see you, pal. Look at that. Hey. Ivy League and state school coming together to love talk the, about lo- food. Love the mahogany. Cabinet, hutch. That's from Ikea. That's faux mahogany. Beautiful. All right. Now that's a wrap on the show. Thanks to these fellows for joining us. We'll kibitz with you later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans and food fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Uh, uh. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, 
Green Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com.